So we are coming up on my favorite time of year in Michigan, and one of the greatest reasons, I think, to live in this state, and that is summer harvest time. So in just a couple of weeks, our family will, Lord willing, go out and pick strawberries. And we'll probably see some of you out there, we usually do each year, uh, out there picking fresh fruit, love doing that as a family. After we pick strawberries, then comes cherry season. And uh, cherries is at least my favorite for the smoothies that we make all year long. So we go out, pick cherries, pit them, freeze them, and then have delicious fruit all year long. After cherries, we will uh, usually go pick raspberries, uh, which Lisa has already been bemoaning the fact that we've run out of frozen raspberries from last year. And we are longing and waiting for uh, fresh raspberries again this summer. Now, around the same time, the stuff that we plant in our garden, hopefully, uh, will be growing. And we usually plant cucumbers and tomatoes and beans. And I like nothing better than coming home after a day of work than picking sort of fresh vegetables out of the garden and just standing right there and eating them. It's fantastic. Now, about that time, maybe a little bit late July, early July, late July, August, comes the absolute best. No, blueberry season. <laughs> there was a guest down here of sweet corn. Sweet corn is great, don't get me wrong. Uh, but our personal favorite, fresh blueberries. Can I get an amen to that? Any? All right, see? <clears throat> now, if I'm honest... Probably I will make about eight to nine or ten trips to the blueberry uh, fields per season. And our family will probably pick, on estimate, about 200 pounds of blueberries <laughs> for the season. A small portion will get frozen for smoothies and the rest will just get eaten. <clears throat> After blueberry season uh, comes peaches. Uh, and love picking peaches. And then about this time, we have a grapevine, and our grapevine produces grapes, and we get to make and can grape juice with our Concord grapes, and so we love that. And then we sort of start ending the season. Uh, early September, gala apples show up, uh, and we go and pick bushels and bushels of gala apples and make homemade applesauce. And then finally, you get to kind of the end of the season, which is sort of late-season Fuji apples, which if you pick them at the right time, you can eat them fresh all the way till Christmas. And then you just have to endure from Christmas <laughs> through to glorious June on frozen fruit and canned juice and all of those things until once again, summer harvest shows back up. Now I love it. And actually one of the great things is when you're in the strawberry patch or in the blueberry fields or whatever and you pull back the leaves and here's just oodles and oodles of big, red, delicious strawberries. Or you're in the blueberry fields and you come to a bush and it's just loaded with bunches of blueberries that are like grapes that you pull off to eat. Now I know I've made everybody hungry. I'm starving currently. But you think about it and you think, well, that's, if I was going to be an apple tree or a blueberry bush, that would be the kind I would want to be. I mean, nobody wants to be the scrawny tree that has no fruit. We want to be the bush that produces lots of fruit that people come by and say, man, that is awesome. And they get to be a blessing and experience the joy of producing much fruit. Last week, we talked about the fact that how do you know where the kingdom of God is at work? How do you know where the Holy Spirit is doing something? And we talked about signs that you're looking for in churches and in organizations. 
There's lots of people doing lots of good things, but how do you know where God is at work? And we looked for signs that you would look for in a church or a government agency or an organization. And one of those signs is producing good fruit. Are they doing things that are a blessing? Are they doing things that show signs of the kinds of goodness that God wants to give to people? Well, this morning we're narrowing our focus down from sort of organizations to individuals. And the question we want to ask this morning is, how can you and I be people who bear fruit? How can you and I be people who are like the apple tree that is full of glorious apples instead of sort of the scrawny tree in which there's nothing on it at all? Nobody wants to live their life with a lack of fruit. Nobody wants to live their life uh, in empty, vain, unfulfilling sort of way. And so the question we have, and if I could even phrase it this way, how can you and I, by the end of today, tonight, be able to look back on today and say, it was a good day. We produced fruit. We did something with our lives today that was a blessing to others and that mattered. That's the question we want to ask this morning. How can you and I have a fruitful, blessed, good day today? To answer that question, let me invite you to take a Bible and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 13. There are Bibles in the rack in front of you. They look just like this. And if you open to page 794, you'll be in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, page 794. And if you're visiting this morning, if you've not had maybe much experience with the Bible, let me just tell you, you're in for a treat, not necessarily because of the sermon, but you're in for a treat because we're going to look at one of Jesus' most famous teachings. The Gospel of Matthew is all about Jesus and what he did while he was present on earth. And one of the things Jesus did is he taught in parables. He told really, really powerful stories in very simple sorts of ways. And this morning we get to look at one of Jesus' most famous parables. It's called the parable of the sower. It's in Matthew 13 and I'm going to read from verses 1 to verse 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears... Let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. 
Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have be, has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their e- eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, thanks be to God. You can say that in response to that. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Now Jesus taught in parables. Parables are stories that have sort of meanings that go with them. And in our passage, we have the parable. Then we have an explanation for why Jesus taught in parables. And then we have an explanation of the parable. We're not going to focus on the middle section, which is why did Jesus teach in parables? He says a lot here, but let me just summarize briefly. A couple of weeks ago, we said that God loves to hide things from the wise and learned and reveal it to children. To paraphrase Jesus here, we would simply say that Jesus loves to hide things from the proud and disobedient and reveal it to the humble and obedient. This is why he teaches in parables. But our focus this morning is not why Jesus taught in parables, but this very famous story that he told, a parable about a farmer who is sowing seed. Now, when you come to a parable in order to understand it, you want to ask the question, what do various things mean? What do they represent? What do they stand for? We start with the seed. One way to hear a message from God in this parable is to understand the seed as being what we refer to as the gospel. When we talk about the gospel, what I mean is the message that Jesus is Lord. I talked about it at the beginning of the sermon. It's the message that Jesus lived here on this earth as a human among us. He did miraculous things that nobody had ever seen before or since, demonstrating that God was with him and that Jesus himself is God. 
This same person, Jesus, was put to death by wicked men, crucified on a cross, but three days later, God raised this same Jesus from the dead, and he has ascended to heaven where he is seated at God's right hand right now, and will someday return from heaven to this earth, and that all who believe in Jesus will receive forgiveness for all their sins, will be given God's Holy Spirit and granted life that never ends. Meaning that even though you die, God will raise you from the dead and give you eternal life with God in the new heavens and the new earth. This message that I kind of encapsulated for you, you can say it in a variety of ways, that's referred to as the gospel. This is the truth. That is the seed in one way to read this parable. And if you hear that message from God, you have four possible responses to it. You can sort of ignore it. Well, that's like seed that falls on hard ground. You can hear it and start to believe it, but then because of opposition, people telling you you can't really believe this stuff, you can stop believing it. You can hear it, but then get distracted with all of the stuff in life and not do anything with it. Or you can receive the gospel and believe it and accept that God did this for you. And if you do that, slowly but surely, your life begins to change and God begins to bear fruit in your life. Now that is one way to read this parable and it's incredibly valid and really important. That's not how we're going to focus this morning because there's another way to understand what the seed is. The seed is not just the gospel, it's the message about the kingdom, meaning it is any message that God sends to you and I, including what he is saying right now. That if you understand that Matthew 13 is the message about the kingdom that God has for us today, that makes this sermon, this time, this passage, the seed that God is sending to you and I a message today. You see, in order to be fruitful, you got to have a message from God. you got to have a seed. Matthew 13, this message right now is that seed. So we say, check, we've got that piece. God is here wanting to say something to you and to me this morning from Matthew 13. This is the message about the kingdom that God has for us today. Now, if we're going to actually have a fruitful day, if we're going to get to the end of the day and look back and say, this was a good day, there were some apples and cucumbers and grapes that were produced in my life today, it all depends on what are we going to do with this message. And there are four choices. They're pictured by Jesus as four different kinds of soil that this seed can fall on. And so today, God has a message for you and I, and we have four choices as to how we're going to receive that message. The first choice is what Jesus calls the path. It's verses 19 and 20, and this is the sort of hardened ground at a farm kind of around the growing area. When the farmer is out throwing seed, some of it lands on the path. It says, verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom 
and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And the key here to understanding, you can't bear fruit if this morning you act like the path. Well, what does that mean? Well, it says here, if you hear the message about the kingdom, and here's the key phrase, and do not understand it. Now, you might think initially what that means is perhaps you're here and English is not maybe your first language, and so you may be struggling to understand some of the words that I'm using, or maybe you're here and you're a young child and you understand the story about farmers and stuff growing, but some of the other words that I'm using or some of the concepts that we're talking about, those are confusing to you and you don't understand what's going on. You might think that's what it's talking about, but that's not really the case. The word understand has sort of a deeper meaning to it. Let me show you another passage in the Bible which uses this exact word. So you can get a flavor for what it means. It comes in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 25. And the word, which is translated understand in our passage, is highlighted in yellow in this verse. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. This comes from a different context, but the idea here is, is that Moses was doing stuff that the children of Israel understood intellectually, but what they missed was is they didn't realize that God was at work in what Moses was doing. Have you ever had the experience of getting done with an exam, and afterwards you're talking to other students who took the same exam, and they're like, well, how did it go? You're like, well, man... I didn't think I did very well. And the person says to you, did you not see those questions were the exact questions off the study guide? Don't you remember her telling us we were supposed to study the study guide? Now you might have heard the teacher say study the study guide, but you didn't realize that there was a message to you that you were supposed to do something with. That's what we're talking about here. Or maybe you've had the experience where you've gone into work and you show up to a meeting. And everybody else has come with a whole bunch of data that you're supposed to be bringing. And you're like, uh, were you supposed to bring something to this meeting? And people say to you, did you not get the email? <clears throat> you probably got the email, but you probably scanned through it and it didn't register. You didn't realize you were supposed to do something. That's what's going on here. This morning, if you cognitively understand the words that I'm saying... And you recognize, okay, farmer, seed, path, and there's no, no, no seeds going to grow in the path. I get all of that. But you don't realize that what is happening right now is that God himself has brought you here this morning because he has a message for you. Well, then you're the path. That doesn't mean you're hard-hearted. It just means right now, today, if you think this is just a nice talk, if you think, well, here's some guy up there telling us about this ancient book, and you don't realize that whyever you might be here, maybe you're here for Mother's Day, maybe you kind of came to visit, maybe you come every week. If you don't realize that right now, the God who created you sovereignly figured out a way to get you here this morning, because he has a message for you, an important message that you're going to show up to something tomorrow or next week or next month or next year and they're going to say, well, what did you do with this? I didn't realize it was God talking to me. 
If you don't realize that, then you're going to be the path. And this message will bear no fruit. You'll get to the end of the day and you'll think, what did I do today? I went and listened to a nice talk about Christian-y sort of things. But if you're able to understand and realize the God of the universe had something he wanted to say to me this morning, then you can bear fruit. Second option is what Jesus calls the rocky ground. Verse 20. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Suppose you're here this morning and you're actually starting to believe or realize that God brought you here to say something to you. Maybe you've been thinking about your life and you think, you know what, I would like my life to bear more fruit. I would like my life to be something that is productive and beautiful. And then you show up this morning and that's what we're talking about. And you think, well, maybe this is God speaking to me. And as you're getting excited and listening and you're like, all right, I want to have the end of the day. I want to get to the end of the day and look back and say, this was a good, fruitful, productive day. And then when the service is over, you walk out and somebody you came here with said, man, that gym guy is weird. I don't even know what he was talking about. Or they say to you, mm, I'm not sure that's what the parable of the sower is about. I've heard lots of sermons about that. I don't think it works that way. Or they say, I've tried the stuff he's telling us to do. It doesn't work. That's the sort of opposition. And if you believe those things, then you won't bear any fruit. Right now, the seed is starting to take root. You're starting to think, I think God might have brought me here because he wants to make me have a good day today. If when you walk out, you start listening to the opposition that says, yeah, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Just keep doing what you're doing. You won't bear any fruit. Now, you might ask the question, why would God allow opposition? Why wouldn't he just make it so that when we all left, every single one of us was telling the other person, yeah, we got to go do those things. Well, in researching this passage, I kind of went online to figure out what causes a plant to have strong roots? Because this one is about a plant that doesn't have strong roots. And so I found some research from the agricultural school at Penn State, and uh, they listed four things that cause plants to have strong roots. The first was good genetics. The second is planting something in good soil. The third is lots of sunshine. And then the fourth really surprised me. The fourth way to make sure a plant has strong roots is not overwatering it. Apparently, if you give a plant too much water, its roots don't have to fight through deeper into the soil to find water and they end up being weak roots. So why does God allow opposition? Because he wants you and I to have strong roots. What he's asking is, is look, when the person you came with or the person you know says, don't bother listening to that stuff, God wants to know, will you fight through this? Will you fight through this and believe I have a message for you and that I'm gonna need you to do something with this message even if the people you came with don't want to help you do that? If you do, 
If you fight through the opposition, if you fight through the negativity, if you fight through the, oh, don't bother with that, then you'll bear fruit. Third choice, what Jesus calls thorny ground. Verse 22, the seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, and then I love this next phrase, and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. A couple of weeks ago, I said to you when we were talking about how God has hidden things from the wise and learned and revealed it to children, I said, hey, look, I think the Lord wants us as a people and as individual to stop looking for answers to the questions of life on social media, on news media, in academia, in scholarly worlds. There's a place for all of that. But if you're looking for the meaning of life, if you're looking for how to experience the blessings of God in the life, what I said to you was is stop spending so much time looking for answers there. Again, nothing wrong with social media, nothing wrong with news media, nothing wrong with academic stuff. But that's not where the answers to life are. If you want to know the answers to the questions of life, I said to you, I think God wants you to spend more time in the Gospel of Matthew. I think God wants you to spend less time doing that. Go home and read this. Read it together as a family. Read it as an individual. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Think about it. If two weeks ago you did that, you're going to be bearing fruit. If two weeks ago, or three weeks, I can't remember what it was, three weeks ago, you walked out of here with every intention of doing less Netflix and less social media and less of that kind of stuff and more of the word of God. But then you got busy and you got distracted. Well, that message didn't bear any fruit. You see, right now you may be thinking, okay, I want to have a fruitful day. I'm not talking even about the rest of your life, just today. How do you get to the end of today? And have a life where you're like, yeah, we produced some cucumbers and some apples and some peaches. It was a good day. If you want to do that, right now God is sending you a message. He is speaking to you. But I promise you, as soon as you leave, your phone's going to buzz. You're going to start thinking about tomorrow. You might think about Mother's Day plans. You might worry about an exam that you got coming up this week. And you may have every intention right now to do something with what God is telling you to do. But the deceitfulness of life. I love that deceitfulness of wealth. Money makes you think, if I could just get more money, then my life would be blessed and I would have a fruitful life. And so we got all these plans about how to make more money, how to get better grades, how to work harder, how to, how to save money, do all this stuff. But it's lying to us. Being rich doesn't make you fruitful all the money in the world you get to the end of the day that doesn't make for a productive day and Jesus is saying look you want to have a productive day you want to have a day where you bear fruit when you leave here today if God gives you something to do don't let the tyranny of the urgent strangle out the stuff that's most important which leads us to this fourth soil Verse 23, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and receives it, understands it, 
recognizes it as being a message from God for us to do something with, this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. If this morning you hear God saying something to you, I don't mean an audible voice. I mean that as I'm talking or as you've been reading or as you've been listening or somehow this morning, you feel something in your, maybe you're like, well, man, I, I was going to be doing more in the gospel of Matthew. I was going to be doing less Netflix and more of this. And then I've, I've stopped doing that. If this morning you hear God inviting you here saying, come back and do that again. Put down that other stuff and spend more time reading Matthew. And you do it. You will get to the end of the day and it will be a fruitful, productive day. Amen. You will bear fruit. Amen. If this morning. You're like, I don't get the whole, like, this is a message from God for me today. But that whole thing about Jesus and him being God and him being crucified and raised from the dead so I can have eternal life. I think I believe that if you hear that as a message from God to you today and you respond, if you do nothing with it, it just falls on deaf ears. But if you respond, you will bear fruit. Maybe you're here this morning and, you know, sometimes God says stuff that I'm not saying. He just kind of is talking. And maybe you've heard him say something in your heart like, hey, look, don't be afraid about all this. The Holy Spirit will help you. I've given you my spirit and he will teach you and he will give you understanding. If you choose to believe that and not be afraid, you will get to the end of the day and it will be a fruitful, productive day. Now, I don't want to sound pedantic, but this is what Jesus is trying to say. It's very, very straightforward. If you want your life to have fruit, God is giving you a message. If you hear it and do something with it, you will bear fruit. If you don't think it's a message from God, if you let somebody talk you out of doing it, if you get busy with everything else, you will get to the end of another day and go, well, I did lots of stuff. But did I do anything that mattered? Was I a tree full of fruit? Or was I just a scrawny tree that people walked by and said, that tree seems to be busy doing a lot of stuff, but not producing anything of value? Today, if you want your life to count for something, if you want to produce something beautiful, whatever message God is speaking to you now, whatever he is saying to you, if you do it, it will be a fruitful day. Tomorrow, whatever God says to you tomorrow, if you do it, it will be a fruitful day. On Tuesday, whatever God says to you on Tuesday, if you recognize it as a message from God and do it, it will be a fruitful day. Maybe this morning, God is saying to you, I've got a message prepared for you every Sunday. And maybe he's inviting you to not just kind of come occasionally, but to show up every week to hear a message from God. And maybe your heart is stirring and you're like, yeah, I should be here. Yeah, I need to bring my kids here. Yes, I want my kids to have a fruitful, productive life. In order to do that, they need to hear messages from God. And if God is here giving a message every Sunday, maybe this morning the Lord is saying to you, come back next week 
And if you hear him saying that to you, when you walk out the door, you're going to feel some opposition. Oh, we can't go back next week. I didn't like it. Or they're always asking for money or whatever it might be. Or maybe you get distracted and you're like, we got so many busy things and we got travel schedules and all this kind of stuff. I understand that. But if this morning God is telling you to come back next week and you do it, guess what's going to happen? You will bear fruit. One of the reasons why Jesus taught in parables is like, it's pretty straightforward. God is always sending out messages. If you accept it and do what he's telling you to do, you will bear fruit. When you go to bed tonight, I just want you to look back on the day. All the activities, all the things you did. If you do the thing God told you to do, Look back and see what a blessing it was. Let's pray together. Lord, we've made this complex. We've tried to figure out how the secrets to success in life. We've got all these formulas for parenting and for business and for school and for being good neighbors and all this stuff. We've got a million different things to do, and it's overwhelming. It feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. But Jesus, you've made it very simple. Please, Jesus, send forth your messages today. And I pray that each person would hear and respond. Lord, we would be naive to think that there aren't all different soils represented here this morning. Um, But God, there's some here that are going to hear this and do something with it. Lord, I pray. I pray for as many of those as possible. Lord, we want to be people who bear fruit. We want to be people who, when we get to the end of the season of life, say it was a good season. Uh, It was good because you were present. So speak to us today. Lord, if you've got things to say to individuals here that I haven't said, would you please just whisper it to them by your Holy Spirit? If you've got something you want us to do, tell us and help us to respond. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.